0: you have a plan for your life do you know where you want to go Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success birds, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Well, hello Pals partners and welcome to star style be the star you are. This is our playground of inspiration and motivation. And we are so glad that you are here with us on the voice America network. This is the empowerment channel. The show is brought to you under the auspices of Be The Star, You Are Charity. And as always, I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. And I hope to strive and, you know, to help you seed and stimulate and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star, You Are Charity. Constantly trying to help people in disaster areas. Um, around the country. And to increase literacy and empower and improve the lives of women, children, and families. For more information, you can visit the website, be the star And this is from Albert Einstein. Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you got to keep moving. And isn't that the truth? It's like as soon as we stop, we stagnate and we kind of just fall apart. Uh, that's one of the reasons I think that I do don't ever want to retire. Of course, who knows what happens. But as long as you're healthy, I just want to keep making a difference and, you know, and moving, keeping moving. Well, let's tell you what we're going to talk about in today's show. Um, In segment one, I'm going to address how it is to um, live by a creek and to, because winter's coming, and to um, do retaining walls or even if you're not on a creek and you, you know, you have a hillside or you have something where you really could get your, um, could flood or something. We're going to talk about that in segment one. And then in segment two, how are you an entrepreneur? Have you um, ever thought about being a serial entrepreneur? I know I am kind of a yeah, I'm definitely an entrepreneur. I I, I keep starting new companies and doing things all the time. So we'll talk about what it takes to be an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. And of course, there are many billionaires out there who are serial entrepreneurs, and they started simply in their kitchens or their garages. But there are risks, and of course, there are rewards. So we will address all of those. And then we're also going to talk about one of the biggest investments that most people will make in their lifetimes if they are able and that is buying a house. But mortgage rates have been rising rapidly, making it so difficult to qualify for a loan. So how can you, if you are a buyer, a first-time buyer especially, how can you find the lowest rate and get the best terms? We might have a few answers for you there. So at least I hope so. So getting to... uh, to to creeks and rivers, there's a Romanian proverb that says, river stones remain while water flows away. And as people who've been listening to this show for a long time know that I grew up on a farm and a ranch, and our home was surrounded on three sides by hills and a creek that flowed year-round. Now, in the spring, we enjoyed the emergence of hollywogs and we watched them mature into frogs and then then summer we hung ropes over the oak trees um, and we used them as swings kind of like we thought we were Tarzan or something and we would just go plunging into the deeper pools but then knowing that winter storms could erode the banks and they often did Fall was the time to work in tandem with Mother Nature to reinforce any rock formations to ensure the stability of the land. Now today I still live on a little farm and I am surrounded by hills and creeks and river rocks allow the rainwater to flow smoothly and sustainably during winter months while maintaining appealing dry creek uh, Uh, beds in the summer. But by adding terracing and retaining walls, I have managed to reduce hillside runoff. But recently I visited the garden of um, a fellow writer of mine, whose home is backed by a creek. And when um, he and his wife first moved in to um, to this home, they had to remove several decaying pine trees that had really deep roots. But one of the um, other reasons they wanted to remove the trees is that they the trees were completely blocking the sunshine. So that wasn't um, that wasn't optimal. But when they did remove, they realized that it was those deep roots that were holding the soil and then they figured that they needed to reinforce the creek because the embankment started sliding. Now rocks and stones are effective weights to buttress the banks of creeks, riverbeds, and hillsides, and my friend utilized all of these things. His rock retaining walls are enhanced though because he created some meandering paths, he added some fruit trees, some flowering plants, uh, and these all provided erosion control and flood prevention. And then, in between rocks, where there was just you know a little bit of sand or or gravel or dirt, he tucked in succulents. So it really it looks nice. Now, if you live on a creek or a hillside, there are various methods to make your landscape rock solid. One is called rip wrapping. Um, it's a common erosion control technique, uh, riprap. It um, entails placing large rocks and stones along the banks. So the rocks absorb and deflect the energy of the flowing water. Thus, erosion is reduced. You can also, um, and you can just stack them, you know, and of course, if you want to go further, you can put um, mortar, concrete, whatever within them. Uh, gabions are another one. These are wire mesh boxes or baskets and they are filled with stones and this stabilizes slopes and creeks, um, the banks of the creeks because what happens with these baskets is that water actually flows through them reducing flooding as opposed to moving stones downstream. One of my favorites is terracing, especially on steep slopes. This is what I've done. Using rocks and stones for terracing, it's going to reduce soil loss. And I also have used recycled uh, timber. Like when I had to replace a redwood fence, instead of throwing out the old redwood or decking material, I used it to uh, a terrace on a hillside so that the soil wouldn't just be uh, running down or when it rained, it wouldn't just cause these huge riverlets. Retaining walls is another thing you can do. And this can really prevent mudslides and flooding, because especially retaining walls that are made of rocks, they are just as beautiful as they are effective. And you've seen retaining walls, of course, made of redwood, of rocks, of bricks, of river stones, of all different kinds of things. And they really are all very, very effective. Pathways. It's important for increased accessibility that adds a much wanted decorative element to your environment. You need to add some pathways and put some stepping stones uh, along the creek banks and the hillsides so that you can actually enjoy, you know, when the water is flowing. There's nothing better than the sound of water, in my opinion. And I just love the sight too. Whenever our creeks are running and the waterfalls are just flowing, I go out and I take videos or I'll just sit on a bench even if it's raining with an umbrella and just listen to it's just very stressful you know stress relieving it's wonderful then another reason that you want to um to reinforce your landscape and make it rock solid is for the habitat because strategically placed rocks in creeks they create habitats and shelters for pollywogs, frogs, turtles, fish, salamanders and other aquatic species and then on hillsides the rocks provide hiding places for terrestrial uh, wildlife you know as well as, um, as lizards maybe people don't like snakes but snakes are Actually, good in the garden. They get rid of the rodents, but also for different insects, etc. But before embarking on any erosion plan for your creek or hillside or garden, you do have to consult with experts and local authorities to ensure that the correct methods for your project are going to be utilized. You also want the result to be environmentally friendly and ecologically effective. And all different locales have different regulations and permits. So, And permits might be required, especially when working with or around bodies of water or on hillside, landside areas. So once you completed the rock work, make sure you add plenty of plants to complete your design. Now, it is the end of October, and I just have a few garden tips for you for around the country. First, boost your levels of vitamin C before flu and cold season really start hitting, which is beginning now. Um, And I mean, I was on a plane just late last night and the coughing and sneezing (laughs) was pretty amazing. I ended up wearing my mask the whole time because it seemed like everybody was sick on the plane. Um, but anyway, you can you can boost your levels of vitamin C by brewing some homegrown rose hips, some sage, uh, and some peppercorns, and make a tea. You can pick ripe red rose hips from your rose bushes and red peppercorns from your pepper tree if you have that. You can smash them or grind them and then add them to a teapot. If you add some shaved ginger, lemon rind, lemon juice, sage leaves, honey, it'll be peppery, delicious, iced or hot. And if you really want to uh, give it a real zesty herbal broth, um, that could actually be great with steamed vegetables. Um, substitute garlic for the honey and then you'll make a broth and that'll really be good for vitamin c avoid pruning hydrangeas that bloom on old wood as you won't have flowers the following year or more i was just in toronto canada and i was just i couldn't believe the most spectacular hydrangeas grow there and it seemed like every house had hydrangeas every place there and they were a You know, they had the deep maroon and the pinks and the blues and all the lacy ones, all different kinds, but I was just really impressed on um, how well they grow. They don't grow as well, at least here in my area. This is a good time, now that it's cooler, to fertilize and aerate lawns. Um, And again, you want to do it before the snow if you're going to have snow. Prune your shrubs and overgrown branches and clear your gutters and drainage lines of leaves and debris so that they don't back up when the rains start. Don't forget to provide food and water for our migrating birds, and oh, the birds were certainly migrating from Canada South. Lots and lots of ducks and geese and other birds, just, you know, whole flocks. It was interesting to hear them uh, singing, basically. You can plant your cool-season vegetables, which would include kale, lettuce, arugula, and broccoli. You can protect your sensitive plants by covering them with burlap or by bringing them indoors. And don't forget to apply a layer of mulch to your garden bed so it will retain the moisture and regulate soil temperature because um, especially in areas where, I mean, obviously snow Snow insulates as well, but if you have some mulch, that's really it's even better. If you have uh, cracks in your driveway or garden paths or whatever, you want to fill them now to prevent any further cracking. It's time to apply snail bait around plants susceptible to snail and slug damage, and there's lots of organic uh, options out there. You can treat for aphids with a spray of water mixed with dishwashing detergent. Fallen leaves, if you are raking them, add them to your compost pile because it'll make a great mulch. And uh, just remember that having, you know, a, a an inch layer of leaves in your garden is a mulch and they will disintegrate and they will compost themselves. So don't feel you have to rake everything until you just see dirt. That's actually uh, counterintuitive and counterproductive. Do you have green tomatoes? I had a tip from a reader of uh, my garden column, and what she says that in late fall, she cuts the tomato vine at the base and hangs it upside down in a dry place, like in a garage or a shed, with newspaper or cardboard underneath to catch any falling tomatoes, but they'll ripen from the nearest stem base this way. And of course, next week is Halloween, so it's time to start carving your pumpkins, light those jack-o'-lanterns, and weave your webs. You want to decorate your yard with skeletons and ghosts and ghouls and scarecrows, and of course, have plenty of wrapped goodies for all the little uh, goblins and whatever the biggest trend now is in costumes, whether it's unicorns or princesses or... I don't know, something from free Friday, <laughs> be ready for October 31st. Well, happy gardening and happy growing and happy Halloween. And when we come back, we will be talking about being an entrepreneur. Stay with me.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. nine two five three seven seven STAR and visit www.cynthiabryan.com dot com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com dot yourself follow voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts it's power time on star style be the star you are with your passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryant Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me.
1: This is Cynthia Bryan, and we are back. And we're going to be talking about some of the ups and downs of serial entrepreneurship. So I'm so glad that you stayed with me. Because so being an entrepreneur or kind of even knowing one, it can ex- be exciting, but it can also be really, really tough because you don't have a steady paycheck, you never know when it's going to come in. But what are some of the factors that you want to think about? now? Probably when you think of a serial entrepreneur, you might think of some of the really famous people like Richard Branson, who started the Virgin Group and the Virgin Group now holds some like 400 companies under the Virgin Group, you know, from from uh, Virgin Records to the airlines, et cetera. I don't even know all of them, but you might think of somebody like that. Or you might think of somebody like Elon Musk, who got his start um, on an online Yellow Pages platform. And there is, you might not even know her name, but the founder of Bliss Soap and Glory, her name was Marsha Gilgore. She began her journey working just as a facialist, you know, doing facials from her home. And then she sold her business um, to the luxury behemoth LVMH you know that's Louis Vuitton Moa Hennessy for 30 million dollars and it took her three years to do that that is that is pretty crazy So, you know, these people become serial entrepreneurs. They, They actually build companies, then they sell companies, and then they build again, and then they sell again. And even though they probably have more money than they could ever spend because most of these people are billionaires. But if you're interested in being a serial entrepreneur, your goal is to continually develop new ideas for building businesses one after the other. And the drive to create is actually the drive that fuels the serial entrepreneur. Success or failure is actually besides the point because. Most serial uh, entrepreneurs prefer to work within like, you know, a single industry, um, whereas others might use their skills to launch businesses in various fields. And the end goal for uh, serial entrepreneurs that actually want to be money making, (laughs) I mean, really big entrepreneurs, obviously, is to get enough money to to fuel the next venture. So this could be you because, or it might be somebody you know. There are some characteristics. The typical uh, serial entrepreneur is fearless, passionate, driven, creative, and visionary. And they tend to have a sense of You know, maybe what the future or what people want or what's coming. And then they have this ability to home in on those key niche areas that others can't see yet. And that usually can yield big payoffs. I mean, it's kind of like um, Apple computer. So most serial entrepreneurs really enjoy the excitement of founding their business. They like the creative vision, the movement of ideas um, that, you know, go from maybe the napkin to the whiteboard out to the real world. And staying on with the business long term is actually pretty unusual for serial entrepreneurs because... Their focus is on building the next big thing. So now that you have to, you kind of know what um, what a serial entrepreneur does, what could you anticipate? When do you need to invest? When should you let your team take over? How do you pull income from each business? You know, first you have to build it. At the initial stages of starting a business, you can expect to spend the most time and the most money because that is the phase that involves transitioning your idea into what is a concrete reality. And um, as it goes, you might have to call in vendors, set up budgets, create business plans, figure out a source of funding. And that initial uh, phase could be done from your kitchen table or, you know, from your desk or maybe even from your bed. Who knows? But it'll likely include a lot of sudden ideas, at least when I'm creating something. And I am i consider myself kind of a serial entrepreneur in the creative uh, forum because it started with acting, um, and then it went into design and interior design because I liked the sets and I wanted to build things that were as beautiful as sets and then it became you know garden design and then it became writing books and then it became writing newspaper and then it became television and then it became became doing radio, etc but, I don't usually sell mine, so I'm not. I'm not in it to sell it. I'm just into constantly be creating and moving on, and never sitting still, like uh, like Einstein said. You know, I just got to keep moving. But I get a lot of ideas when I'm around water, and I get ideas in the shower. I get ideas when I'm by a creek or a river or the ocean, or even if the sprinklers are on. I have several fountains around my house and I really I have them on all the time because that's when I get my best ideas and it turns out that a lot of entrepreneurs find those ideas as well. They also come in dreams but once you have a plan And then if you get an office or facility where the operations start beginning, and you get financing, and maybe you get one or two employees, that's when the rubber meets the road. You have to manage the profit margins, the people, the work streams, the projects, and more. And this phase may be even more time intensive because you're ultimately accountable for absolutely everything. And then as you progress, you're going to work towards establishing a streamlined team. You know, you you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to hire people who are smart. You want to find out who's the best. And those are the people that you want to be on your team. But there's no telling, you know, where you're going to find them or when you're going to find them. Some startups might reach this phase in six months. Others, it could take five years. It could even take longer. It depends on the factors like market conditions and movement and demand for whatever it is you're creating and other external factors that might be beyond your control. You probably have watched about this, uh, the MR vaccine that has just been used uh, for the COVID vaccine and the doctors and scientists that were working on that. We're working on it for like 22 years. They weren't getting any recognition. They couldn't get their papers published. They uh, couldn't get financing. And then boom, COVID comes along. They really believe that this is gonna work. And voila, two of them, they win the Nobel Prize this year. <laughs> but you know, it's it was 22 years and then an overnight success. And I'm sure now they're gonna get the funding for whatever they want to um, investigate next and whatever they want to do. But you got to hang in there. You can't stop. You can't give up. You just got to keep going. So what's the paycheck? Well, paying yourself as a business owner depends on factors like your business structure. Are you a DBA? Are you an LLC? Are you an S-Corp? And of course, your growth stage, you have to understand the factors and then you have to use the right payment method um, to create success as the business expands. And for that, you're probably going to need an attorney to help you set it up or somebody that is going to help you set up all that paperwork. And there are a couple of main ways that you can pay yourself as a salaried employer, And that means you could withhold taxes from your paycheck or and by taking an owner's draw or if you might become a shareholder member and have a distribution from profits as needed. But you also need to determine how much of your own money you're going to invest in the company as this is going to impact how much equity you actually hold in the resulting company and how valuable your stake becomes as the venture grows. And that's going to play a really important role later if you decide to sell, or your company merges with another company, or if it goes public. So when you reach that growth phase, it's up to you to decide how much or how little you'd like to be involved, and you're going to need a really experienced management team with a background in growing, not just building, because they're different things. Building and growing are different. The team has to be made up of people who are really steady and who believe in it And they will usher in the next phase of the business. So it could be when that happens, that could be a good time that you may want to move on. You may want to start your next venture. Some serial entrepreneurs have multiple business, you know, it's like juggling. They have many things, many plates spinning at the same time. Some may still be deeply involved and some are in the process of kind of disentangling themselves from others. And the good news is the choice is up to you depending on your finances, your timeline for your next business, and of course, your lifestyle. But no matter what your interests, no matter what your skills are, no matter your age, starting a business or several businesses, it can be really exhilarating. And determining how best to navigate those ups and downs of a startup life can be an adventure. But with the right tools and the right guidance, it can be extremely rewarding. Richard Branson had this quote. He said that Entrepreneurship is a great leveler. The wonderful thing is that money is not the sole currency when it comes to starting a business. Drive, determination, passion, and hard work are all free and are more valuable than a pot of cash. And I can just say for everything I've done, it's never been easy. It's never been handed to me. It has to be, for me, it has to come from passion and perseverance. You know, you dream up, you dream the dream, you uh, write down the plan and you got to get it down on paper. Then you go to the next step and you get the skills you need. And then you, that may be going back to school. It may mean that you have to bring in advisors. It may mean just going, uh, getting a coach or a mentor. It might be taking classes, any of those things. But then once you have the skills, then you have to go into action because without action nothing nothing happens and then very important to have at least one person who is your cheerleader and your true north and that person it's not a yes person. That person believes in you a hundred percent, but also is there to tell you when you veer off course, and also to say to you, uh, "I'm not so sure this is the right thing that you want to do." So they, your the person that believes in you, also can say no to your ideas that this you're going in the wrong direction, and then finally, you really have to believe in yourself and all the possibilities. And then, you know, give it wings, let it go. But what are some of the rewards and some of the risks? Let's start with the rewards. With the rewards, you get to unleash your creativity. And, you know, whether you put that on a paper nap napkin or whatever, you know, the sky really is the limit. So get those ideas in play. Um, you allow yourself to experiment. You can try different ideas and concepts in real time. You have flexibility and freedom because you make your own hours and work where you want, when you want. But I will say something, there is a caveat to that. I have found um, in not having what you know people call a nine to five job is that being an entrepreneur means that you work more hours, you work longer hours, Um, than I had ever worked when I was salaried in any way shape or form because you know you're your own boss and it's up to you so sometimes it's going to be 18 hour days sometimes it's going to be seven days a week however when you're doing what you love and you're really passionate about it those hours fly by so it there's something really wonderful about that but don't think it's going to be, you know, a half an hour here and a half an hour there. That it, that doesn't really work. You will, as a reward, you'll develop a wide variety of skill sets. You'll probably master everything from raising money to operations. And you will be building a lot of variety of new skills, things you never thought that you had. I know that was been the case for me. And you'll have the opportunity for significant financial upside because you're on the ground floor and being on the ground floor can create that opportunity for substantial um, financial reward however there are the risks you could put in all that time and all of your savings and all of your money and it could all come to naught somebody else could beat you to the punch Uh, Somebody else may actually get their idea out into the marketplace before you had a chance to get yours there and you have pretty much just lost out. And that's not a fun place to be. So when you have many ventures, you're going to have many risks. Be discerning about which enterprises are going to get the most of your financial investment and time based on what you feel that the reward will be. Another risk is building a solid team that you can trust. It's hard to line up a trustworthy team of experienced leaders before you formally start your next venture. It's not always that you can just call in, you know, your friends and family and people you like. You really need people with the right skills and they have to be trustworthy. And do we ever really know that? That is a risk. Financial risk reinvesting profits from one business into the next can reduce your losses and save you from relying on loans or financing. However, if you're reinvesting your profits from something from maybe a salary job or from something that was profitable, and then your next business flounders, you might be losing. So you've got to balance all that. And just remember, it's all you. Much of the accountability are going to fall on your shoulders. And maybe you may want to be one of these people that share uh, the founding responsibilities with others. You have to actually decide. And it could be a real time, a time draw, right? because uh, time management practices are really going to have to come into play. You may have to prioritize your sleep because your ideas are flowing. You want to get it off the ground. You want to keep going, but maybe you're not recharging. And you might be losing quality time with your loved ones. Relationships might suffer. So, you again, balance all of these things before you decide to be Uh, to get into being an entrepreneur or a serial entrepreneur. And maybe the best thing to do is to keep your day job. This is uh, something when I am coaching people that want to be actors or writers, you know, and they kind of have this idea that it's just going to happen overnight. I always tell them, keep your day job. You know, do, do this other thing, not as a hobby, do it professionally, but don't decide that you're going to have to depend on the money. Because that will be the icing on the cake once you get going. You never know what's around the corner. I mean, things, we do get discovered, you know, amazing things happen, but you got to put in the work. So good luck with that. I hope that you can be an entrepreneur as well as doing whatever it is you're doing. And I wish you much success. When we come back from break, we'll have a quick business fight. And then we are going to be going on to our next topic that I was telling you about at the top of the hour. So stay with me. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. and We're going to try to help you get a good mortgage when we come back.
0: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: We have to have strength from within. Some things are going to change us. Some things are going to challenge us. Some things will test us. And some things are going to break us. But we can't stand still and do nothing with the time that we are given. Let's push ourselves. Let's mold ourselves. Let's force ourselves to be the best version of ourselves. And if we feel down and out or broken and beaten, let's pick ourselves up, bounce up, and choose to repair. Because when we feel challenged, it's time to step up and succeed. The point of this is growth proving to ourselves that we are capable of owning our own story, readjusting the ending, and moving forward despite it all. This is what makes us great. It's called strength within. (laughs) This is another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com.
0: be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars visit our website at bethestarryour.org to make a tax deductible donation using paypal or send checks to po box 376 376 moraga california 94556 bethestarryour.org dare to care Now back to the power party. This business of show business is
1: Well, one of the biggest me. investments that anyone probably makes in their lifetime, just as a normal person, would be in purchasing a home or purchasing a a condo, a time, you know, uh, not a timeshare, but a um, uh, an apartment, whatever it is, it's something that you're going to live in. But the average interest rates have more than doubled since 2021, and there are some steps you can take to reduce the amount you're going to pay to buy a home, but it's a really, really tricky because the average interest rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage recently rose to 7%, and, it, and it's probably going to go higher. And I was just in Canada, where mortgage rates were 0.9% for years and years, and now they're at 5 point something percent. And people, especially young people, and especially if you're just getting out of school or if you have loans or any of that, people just absolutely cannot afford anything. So what do you do? It really is a tough pill to swallow when you think that just, um, uh, you know, just what was it, last year, the average interest rate was like 3%. You could even get 2.5%. So mortgage rates are influenced by several factors, including inflation. And to some extent, the short-term interest rates that are set by the Federal Reserve which were recently increased um, to a 22 year high. We have never had rates this high in over 22 years. And although we can't control what's happening in the economy, we do have ways to start lowering costs if at all possible. And you can search for the lowest rate. So check advertised rates from a variety of lenders. And keep in mind that the rates can change as often as daily. And I know that um, several years ago when we were buying our house, and I am just a huge researcher, Probably has to do with the fact that, you know, I majored in history and had to read so many books and spend so much time doing research. I actually interviewed 23 different lenders before I settled on the lender that was going to give us the best rates and what was interesting, um, and of course, in those days, you could actually meet with people. Today, it might be more online, but at least you get um, get a feeling for it. And if you can get in-person meeting, that's also good. Because what happened for me is that lenders were really impressed at my research and how I knew what every single bank and lender was offering and what points, etc., and just how much the monthly payments were going to be. And so, you know, I ended up going with somebody who gave me actually one of the best rates ever. And you can do that too. So again, check with a variety of lenders and explore all of your options. You want to include local banks, credit uh, credit unions, as well as online banks, and even... Um, places like Schwab or Fidelity, you can see if they're gonna do any loans. I don't know uh, personally if they are right now, but financial institutions of all kinds are doing different kinds of loans. So check and see what you can do. Now, if you qualify as a a veteran, you wanna consider a VA loan. Lenders must be competitive. And they have to generate a, prop, a profit, of course, but there is a disparity between mortgage, mortgage rates, and that's normal. So that's why you want to do your homework. You want to compare rates from both local and national banks, and you can actually do a comparison online. There is a website called bankrate.com and if you go to bankrate.com they have an area that you can go to mortgages and mortgage rates and you can figure out um, get a comparison of who's offering what and and you know so that you're really doing apples for apples I'm a person that I can't just, I like to do either spreadsheets or get a pen and paper and, you know, put it all out. A spreadsheet's actually the best so that I really can compare everything. So I can say that this bank is lending at this per, uh, percentage rate, this many points, these these are the discounts, etc. Now, although the monthly payments could be higher, and actually will be higher, I I will say. Uh, Getting a 15-year mortgage is gonna have a lower interest rate than a 30-year mortgage. So you'll pay less in interest Overall, actually, and by getting a 15-year uh, mortgage, you're going to pay less, um, you know, just less for your, your home. Like this past August, the average rate on a 15-year mortgage, this was from August, was 6.25% compared with 69 to 7% for a 30-year fixed-rate loan. And that was according to Freddie Mac. And if you do the numbers and figure out what, it doesn't sound like it's much, you know, to be 70, 75%, I mean, 0.75% difference, but that really adds up. And you may also be able to lower your costs by buying mortgage points, basically. And that's a fee you pay to lower the interest on your mortgage. You might look at the Rocket Mortgage. That is a mortgage lender. Um, I know for, again, I was talking about uh, Schwab and Fidelity. I know for a while, and I don't know if they're still doing it, but um, Charles Schwab was working with Rocket Mortgage and their mortgages were much less um, than other lenders. It may not be that so now, but it's definitely worth uh, checking to see if if it works for you. So a mortgage point represents 1% of the mortgage loan, and it is added to the total amount you are borrowing. So each point you agree to pay could lower your overall interest by approximately 0.25 percentage points. So you want to talk to somebody who understands this and who really can help you with the do the numbers correctly because that might be the smartest thing you could do would be to buy points so that you could lower your interest. Because that interest that comes in every month You know, that really gets costly. And when you start looking at the interest you're paying basis uh, uh, in opposition to what the principal is, it gets so frustrating. You know, like let's just say you are paying 2,000 a month. Well, maybe only 200 of that is going towards the principal to pay down your house. And maybe the other 1,800 is going to interest, which that is really, it makes you crazy when you start looking at that. And then plan ahead. This is very important, planning ahead. Your credit score, which is based on information from your credit reports, has a huge effect on whether you qualify for a loan and what rates you're going to be offered. The higher your credit score, the easier it's going to be for you to negotiate loan terms and get a lower interest rate. And for that reason, you want to review your credit reports before applying for a mortgage, before applying for a mortgage, I say that again, to make sure that everything is current and correct. And through this year, you can review your credit reports from the three major credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, once a week for free by going to annualcreditreport.com. If you see something suspicious, you wanna tag it right away and get on top of it. Your credit score can be improved in as little as 30 days by paying down your credit card balances to no more than 30% of your available credit. You can request an increase of your credit limit on existing credit cards. And by paying off your credit card balances on or before the due date, that can also boost your score. And then once you have settled on a lending institution and a mortgage rate, ask to lock it in for a specified period. Lenders typically allow you to lock in a rate from 30 to 60 days, and that can provide you with the peace of mind while you're finalizing your purchase. You know, you might want to get all the other reports on the houses and Hermite reports and all those things done before um, before you're even looking at houses. But, you know, a lot of houses these days, they won't even look at you unless you have a locked-in mortgage uh, available, unless, of course, you have the money to pay cash, which uh, unless you're one of those serial entrepreneurs I was talking about, probably not. So the mortgage process can be lengthy. But you can speed it up by making sure all your documentation is in order. So the documents um, that you're going to need as a a borrower, you need the documents from your spouse or partner, everything you're going to need. You're going to need probably recent pay stubs. You're going to need W-2 statements. You're going to need your most recent taxes, maybe two or three years. You're going to need a Form 1099 statement. if you are um, self-employed and any other evidence that can show that you are going to be able to pay off this loan because they only want to insure the people that can. Well, that's the show for today. Thanks for tuning in to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. Every week with me, Cynthia Bryan. I hope that you can change your life and make it a great one and have some success from all the things that you do. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of my books because the holidays are coming and books are the gift that keeps on giving because you can keep on giving them, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Brian with an I. If you want to get involved with a charity or make a donation, again, end of year, you may need a tax deduction. Visit be org. My aim, as always, is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate this moment because it's the only one that we have right now. And until we play next week in our star style playground, remember that love always wins. Kindness always prevails. And smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Shine brightly. And most of all, have a very happy and healthy and safe Halloween. Thanks for joining me.
0: It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style until we celebrate together next week be the star you are